Welcome to Alive with Purpose. You are listening to episode 13, Alive with Purpose and Dealing with Everyday Anxiety. Hello, I am your host, Erin Aquin, and I need to start today's show with a confession. I am a recovering emotional prepper. (laughs) So that's kind of like a term I think I made up. Um, But preppers are people who have like bunkers or are storing food in case of like a big global crisis. You know, maybe they're really smart for doing that. (laughs) But I have, ever since I was a kid, been one of those people that sort of thinks about every possible negative outcome to a situation and tries to pre-plan what I will do in the event that the worst possible situation happens. So (laughs) I'm like a worst case scenario thinker. Um, I've dealt with cynicism all my life. It's really something that I've had to work on as I've aged. But I tell you this Because today's show is all about dealing with that sort of underlying everyday anxiety that I personally think many of us have. And I want to be clear, I'm not talking about anxiety as a mental health issue. Of course, that word brings up thoughts of it being a mental health issue that you might possibly need therapy or drugs to deal with because it's so inhibiting to your life. I am talking more about the underlying anxiety and stress that most of us experience or at least have to interface with, even if it's with other people on a day-to-day basis. So while I don't think of myself as an anxious person my tendency to think through the worst case scenario almost like a protective mechanism, I've been doing that ever since I was a kid. So I've always sort of had this what will I do in the worst case scenario type of mentality. And that has definitely provoked some low-lying anxiety throughout my life. And then a few years ago when I got pregnant with my daughter, these weird little thought experiments that I would run really came to the forefront. And I noticed that worst case scenario thinking and low-lying anxiety became a much more prominent feature in my life. So I had total mommy insomnia throughout both pregnancies. And if I weren't so tired, I think a lot of times my worry and my concern for my children and my life now that I have children would definitely be there. And I tell you this because I know so many of you out there can relate and it's not something that we really get to talk about. If you are pregnant right now and you're listening to this or you are a new parent and you're listening to this, You are probably nodding your head. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about. So I just want to acknowledge that you are not alone. And at the same time, 
to me, it kind of makes sense why we would have this anxiety and this concern and why we'd be thinking through and why we'd be probably thinking and preparing for negative scenarios because suddenly it's not just you anymore. You know, when you have kids, it puts so many things about your life into perspective. They're so precious and vulnerable you love them so much and the world is big and scary. And and sometimes that worry and that anxiety about all the things that could go wrong and all the things that could happen to them just weighs you down. So we can really think ourselves into a, a fury. <laughs> and then on top of the imagined and thought through anxiety, then on top of that, you have the fact that your children are growing up and they are taking risks. The other day we were eating breakfast and my toddler fell off of her chair onto the floor and I totally gasped and just felt everything inside of me clench and I felt sick to my stomach. She was totally fine. She she screamed. She like bumped her lip. You know, she's like made of rubber and she was totally fine five minutes later, but I'm pretty sure I sprouted like five more gray hairs. (laughs) So I've definitely watched this kind of, this kind of thinking come much more into the forefront. And it's not just about my kids. My uh, husband and I have perhaps a strange brand of humor (laughs) with each other, but when things are really intense, you know, when both kids are screaming, the house is in total disarray, we're feeling overwhelmed by all the things we're doing, sometimes we look at each other and I'll just say, you're not allowed to die. (laughs) And of course we laugh, but I'm really looking at him and saying, you cannot leave me here. I I can't be without you. I love you. I love you not just because you're the partner that I chose, but I love you because you're my support system and I need you. (laughs) So then I'll have anxiety about him. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and just think, gosh, what would I do if I didn't have this amazing partner for any reason? And then all of this fear and anxiety will start to sort of bubble up. So I'm really setting the stage for you all here (laughs) today. But I also think it's just important to acknowledge this kind of stuff, especially if you're feeling this way and you don't have a support system or people that you can talk to about it. So there's all of this stuff. I've really been working on releasing myself, releasing the energy that I put into trying to think through all of these different scenarios as though it will somehow shield me. If one of these scenarios were to come to fruition, it probably would not have helped me to have wasted the time and the energy thinking through all of the possibilities of what I would do. So I want to share with you some of the things that I've been doing to help me reroute that nervous, anxious energy. And as always, I would love to hear your suggestions. You can head over to Alive with Purpose Coaching. This is episode 13 and you can leave me your thoughts as well. So a couple of the ways that I have been addressing how to use this energy in more healthy ways. The first is actually so simple, 
but it has been a huge shift of perspective for me. So what I used to do when I was younger, I would have a a negative thought that would start to provoke some kind of an anxiety response. Um, Again, a low-lying thing, nothing that ever really interrupted my life. But, you know, enough that I would be laying in bed spending 45 minutes thinking about a, a situation I hoped would never come to pass. And the one strategy that I came up with to deal with it was to completely resist it. So I would literally have a thought and then put a big red X through the thing that I did not want to see happen. (laughs) I would deny that I was thinking about it. I would deny the emotional content, all of that stuff, and just basically avoid, avoid my anxiety by avoiding ever thinking about anything that was too negative or too sad. Gosh, I know so many people do this. Um, Some people won't watch the news because they find it too depressing. They won't stay up to date on things that are probably important in current events because they don't want to be affected in a negative way. And I guess that kind of works. But the problem for me was always that I was bracing against anything negative. So I would never watch a sad movie. I would never think about a a cause that I found overwhelming and I would stay in my safe little bubble. That was fine when I was a kid. However, as I grew and matured, what I have really come to is that I now address my anxieties, address my fears by making sure that I'm really doing what I want to do with my life energy. So a few years ago, we we're living in Boston and we had this terrible winter. It was so snowy. It was awful. And I was pregnant and miserable. And I just thought like, I need to get out of here. I'm going, I'm just losing my mind here. And I'm trapped inside and I'm pregnant and I'm afraid of walking down the street and falling with the baby and everything else. And I was just like, oh, why can't we just go to Hawaii? (laughs) And yeah, we kind of thought it through and we said, why don't we go to Hawaii? Next year, once we have the baby, let's go to Hawaii for a month. And we did exactly that. We've been doing that actually for the last couple of years. And I would sort of name that little tip as doing what you want to do with your life energy now. So it would have been very easy to wait. It would have been easy to say, let's do it when we we retire. Let's do it when the kids are older. Let's do it when we have more resources. But we started to map out that plan to go away. And we've done it for the last three years, I believe. Those trips are just full of memories that I'm going to hold with me for the rest of my life. And it really makes me feel like I'm not waiting around. I'm not wasting my life. I'm not living the next 30 years hoping nothing bad happens so that I can one day retire and get to the place I want to be. Instead, I'm doing that now. We're doing that now. And of course, that's not a reality for everyone. Not everybody has the time or the resources to kind of do an epic trip like that once a year. But if you are listening to this podcast, I just urge you to stop delaying your happiness. I know so many people, and I know you do too, who say things like, I'll just be happy when I get a promotion. I'll just be happy when I find the right relationship or when we buy the perfect house. 
I don't believe that. I, I don't do that because it creates such a high expectation that something outside of you is going to fulfill you. And that's never the case. So don't delay your happiness. If that's what you're doing, find all of the beautiful, wonderful reasons that your life is amazing right now. And start to focus and give more energy and time to those things as you build more of the life you want to live. So I said that I really used to try and resist my anxiety, resist my fear. You know, if I thought about losing someone close to me, I would just put a big red X through that and not think about it. And since I've, I've stopped that little practice and just recognize that actually I will lose those people. A lot of the things that I fear are definitely going to come to fruition. My life will one day be over and I'm not totally in charge of when that will be. (laughs) That's really heavy and deep, (laughs) but it's so true and it's helped me to realize that there's no time to be happy but this time. There's no reason to delay my happiness to some moment somewhere in the future when I get the right amount of things or the perfect amount of esteem is bestowed upon me. You know, that stuff may never happen, but the life I'm living right now is pretty amazing. And I just want to value that. So I'd say that in a way the when that little bit of anxiety kind of prickles at me. I've more recently been using it kind of as a tool, so I'm not demonizing it as much as I used to. I'm not resisting it the way that I used to. And that's a little suggestion for you if you really find that stuff hard to deal with. Maybe just facing right into what you fear, what you're nervous about, and and using it as a catalyst to live that purpose as fully as you can might be very, very helpful. So from a big philosophical perspective, not resisting the anxiety, but instead embracing the the underlying point of it and living purposefully almost always helps. But when it's a smaller thing or it's just running thoughts or something that I can't really pinpoint from a huge perspective, then the next thing I do, which I would recommend whether you have this everyday anxiety or not, but it's getting moving. So I will do yoga, I'll go to the gym, I'll sweat, I'll go for a walk with the understanding that sometimes this old record of anxiety and doubt and fear will play. And we can't always rationalize our way out of it in a way that changes how we feel. So sometimes you just have to break the cycle, break the pattern, and go do something else that has the bonus of getting you moving and taking your attention off of that broken record. So definitely moving is a great tool for that cyclical thinking. And the final thing that has been a huge asset and a huge support to my own everyday anxiety in the past couple of years is is my mindset and perspective. So I alluded to this in the first strategy, I suppose you could say, that I mentioned, but 
really keeping your eye on the prize of your life, the purpose that you are here to live is amazing. And my husband, Steve, gave me what I think was a compliment about this, but he said that part of why he thinks I might be good at dealing with everyday anxiety and not letting it seep in and poison my projects or my relationships in a way that it does for some people is that I'm pretty self-contained. And I understood that to mean sort of what I mentioned in episode 11, but I've learned how not to be too swayed by other people's opinions of me. I don't get elated when someone gives me a compliment and I don't cry in my bed for three days if someone gives me negative feedback. I, I'm very committed to my purpose and I can put my head down and work without a lot of external validation because I just understand that it's going to be hard and I understand the anxiety is going to be there sometimes. It's not something I feel like I need to eradicate in order to move forward. It might be the monkey on my shoulder sometimes, but if it's going to be there, it's coming along for the ride. And I think probably most of you listening will have had these kinds of experiences as well, where you just feel the fear, feel the anxiety, but you're so committed and you're so into what you're doing that you move forward anyway. So now I want to hear from you. Let me know how you deal with everyday anxiety in your own life and share your stories with me over at livewithpurposecoaching.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.